bottom of the column news, our panel of experts, and the Swirl Master 2000, all part of Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. And this is the Kwame and Company podcast. I'm Phil. Uh, Randy's in the newsroom, I believe. Hi, Randy. Hello there, Phil. And Amy's in the control room. Good, uh, good day. Good, good day. Good day. Good day. <laughs> I had good to day, stop Mike. myself from saying good morning because we don't know when you're listening to this. Sure. Yeah. Good morning, day. Morning, night, or noon. An Australian thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're starting out with some bottom of the column news. Uh, this came from, uh, let's see, a wrong place, wrong time kind of deal. A pair of Dutch tourists in mid May. In the Al Pujara mountain range in Granada, Spain. Oh, I've been there many times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, No, I haven't. <laughs> they got a rude reception from a mountain goat up there in the mountains in Spain. <laughs> and uh, the, hence the name Wrong Place, Wrong Time. The Daily Star reported that the Iberian Ibex, Ooh. that's a type of goat, I think, mm-hmm. who was presumably aggressive because it was mating season, Knocked a 64-year-old woman off a cliff <gasps> when she tumbled about 65 feet and landed on a ledge. I, I picture, remember Beetle Bailey and Sarge always went off the cliff and then he's hanging on to this little branch sticking out of the cliff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except this lady couldn't do that because she had two broken wrists. Oh, this my. is a nasty situation. Oh. The goat also knocked another person unconscious. Rescue workers hampered by w- weather took almost a week to recover the fallen hiker. So here's a a 64-year-old woman on a cliff with two broken wrists for a week. Oh, and Amy's already got a picture of a uh, Iberian Ibex. Nice looking guy. He kind of looks mean, though. He does look mean. (laughs) He's got an expression, and his natural (laughs) resting expression is snarky. I'm going to get you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's a... that's a bad bottom of the column news story. There's a big one there. Oh. Yeah, okay. that's scary. We, we got it. We better end on a better note than that. Well, that was interesting. Is that the sound of an ibex? Amy's <laughs> <laughs> playing with her phone. Over well, that there. wasn't me. That was Randy. Oh, that was Randy. Yeah. I, I, what surprises me about that is that you heard that because I got my phone on uh, just vibrate and sitting on my console oh, here. Oh, his and, phone. Oh. We yeah. hear everything. Well, that, it's my that was my cousin your, calling. Oh, that, I'll have to call her back later. That wasn't an Ibex. Okay. No. All right. Well, here's a criminal story. A phone repair store in Miami Gardens, Florida, the target of a robbery in the early hours of June 3rd, so uh, earlier uh, this month, a suspect, 33-year-old Claude Vincent Griffin. Pretty fancy name for a, a criminal? criminal story. <laughs> Claude Vincent Griffin employed a brilliant disguise. He wore an ill-fitting cardboard box over his head. <laughs> so there's one problem. <laughs> Awfully hard to see. <laughs> but anyway, he had the box on his head, and he smashed the glass countertop, reached in the case, grabbed 19 iPhones. That's, uh, that's a, a lot handful. of money. That, that's a midful. Yeah, and $8,000 in cash. Oh, wow. So naturally, hard to see through the cardboard. So at one point, he removed the box and revealed himself to the surveillance camera. So if you're going to wear the box, you got to keep it on at all times. Right. Yeah. And just put little eye holes in there. Yeah, you that know? would Why help. Think of that. Yeah. Well, the store's owner, 
Mr. Berganza. It sounds familiar because there's a comedian with Bergazzi. And there's a duck. Uh, Merganzer. Yeah. Meganzer. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> Mr. Berganza did some sleuthing around. So he's doing the police's work here. <laughs> and uh, he, he sleuthed around the area after the Robert left the store, found him at a nearby liquor store drinking with friends. <laughs> Griffin was charged with grand theft, burglary, resisting an officer, and uns- not a surprise here, cocaine possession. Oh, mm. yeah, so uh, did did, just, did you start this with the world's dumbest criminals? That's uh, what I was title? thinking right there. Uh, I, I didn't. With that but one. It, let's say least competent criminal. <laughs> that, yeah, I just the fact that the guy just let me just walk around the neighborhood and see if I you know locate this yeah, guy. There he is. <laughs> he was sitting there with the box. <laughs> no, I don't know about the, the box. box full of iPhones <laughs> yeah, and eight thousand dollars in cash. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, cardboard boxes, though, are a fun thing to use for the kids in the summertime to keep them occupied. Mm-hmm. You know, don't encourage them to rob an iPhone store, <laughs> but, but you know, use the box, make a, make a castle, make a car, make an aircraft carrier. I don't care what. Yeah, there was one summer we had a huge box, and boy, yeah. all the kids were inside that thing. It's fun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joni DeBrito from Focus on the Family, I always should say, Dr. Joni DeBrito, <laughs> has some parenting tips from Focus on the Family here on the Kwame and Company podcast. You're just joining us. Joni DeBrito is, is with us, a uh, licensed counselor with Focus on the Family. And uh, we've been talking about, uh, well, uh, the, the issues with kids in the summertime and how to keep the kids healthy and active all summer long. Uh, the, the Focus on the Family website is such a source for all kinds of information. Yes, it is. And the other thing that's available is that if parents have concerns about their children during the summer, whether it be a parenting concern or a mental health concern or maybe a friend or bullying concern, they can contact Focus on the Family at 855-771-4357, and that's Monday through Friday from 8 a.m., excuse me, from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So you can adjust according to Central Standard and other other time zones. You guys yeah. are in Central Time Zone, yep. correct? Yep. So for you, it would be 7 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. One of the things that happens a lot in the summer is parents say, well, it's summertime, and so we're going to let everything go. Yeah. And that's where the problems come. Oh, boy. So it's okay to say we're going to be a little bit uh, less strict during the summer with eating. So maybe there are occasional times where you allow some junk food that's not really good that you might not allow during the school year. Or maybe you have a day a week where you say it's free-for-all Friday, for instance, and this is a day where you don't necessarily have to get up at the same time. You don't necessarily have to go to bed at the same time. You can choose some of the things you want to do that you aren't able to choose during the school year, etc. But what we don't want people to do is say, let everything go in the summer because if they do, they've taken away a lot of the gains that the kids have made during the school year. So structure and routine is still important and that includes eating. Now, when it comes to eating during the summer, um, one thing to remember is that if kids are being active and busy, which is kind of what we want them to be doing, they may do better eating several small meals throughout the day. And I don't mean where you have to sit down and set the table and have, you know, all these different meals. But as opposed to if they were typically eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, maybe it's more like breakfast, uh, a small breakfast, a little 
mid-morning snack, a small lunch, a mid-morning snack, and, and some light dinner because that keeps their energy level up all day instead of just kind of having that peak when they've just eaten and then there's kind of a slump and then a peak and a slump and that sort of thing. So that can help. But basically try to stick to the same kinds of healthy eating that hopefully you've been sticking to during uh, the school year. And that doesn't mean that you have to you know, start filling your kids with vitamins or, or run to a health food store. If you do and that's what you normally eat, that's great. Um, but you don't necessarily have to do that. But you do have to pay attention to the fact that the same kinds of things that tend to have negative effects on their their minds and their bodies and just their energy levels during the school year are going to have the same effect during the summer. So those high sugar foods and very high fat foods and so forth, you want to keep limiting them. You also want to make sure that they have water bottles with them all the times so that they stay hydrated and to help prevent heat exhaustion, that you limit exposure to the sun, although they should have exposure to the sun on a regular basis because it's healthy, just as long as it's limited. And then daily exercise and really trying to encourage outside daily exercise, getting the benefits of the better weather. If you're just joining us, Joni DeBrito, Dr. Joni DeBrito, licensed counselor, focus on the family is with us today. And we're we're talking about how parents can foster healthy eat, eating habits even in the summertime. Now, I, I'm, I'm a grandpa now and, and uh, <laughs> observing parenting this generation as opposed to uh, one or two generations ago. It seems like kids expect so many choices. It used uh-huh. to be. Here's a plate with a peanut butter sandwich on it. You know, uh-huh. eat it or go hungry. Uh-huh. That's different, isn't it? Well, it is, but that's a parenting thing. It doesn't have okay. to be that way. You know, you can teach your children that there are a couple of choices they have, but there are a couple. There aren't five or six or eight, or you get to just open up the refrigerator and say what you want. Yeah. So, you know, you try to... The earlier you instill that idea, the better. So with younger children, if parents are listening who have younger children, you start by saying, yeah, I want you to have some choices. Here's your choice, a peanut butter sandwich or a chicken wrap or a salad or, or whatever it happens to be in your family that you make. Right. So you give them three choices and let them choose. But you don't just say, go open the refrigerator and tell me what you want. Yeah. They need to understand that there are limits. And, you know, we don't help our children by overindulging them and giving them too many options of things because the whole job of parenting is to teach children about how to be successful in life. And yeah. they will not go out in life and be faced with an unlimited variety of choices for everything that they do. You know, and I got to mention this because I get a kick out of this story every time I hear myself say it again. It, it, when my wife Val was a force to reckon with in terms of the, the five, our five boys, uh-huh. and she would have them – um, I think each kid had one day a week where they planned the uh, the supper. Uh-huh. They had to Great. get an approval. They had to get the stuff together. They uh-huh. had to make it. They had to serve it. And uh-huh. everybody had to eat it. Yeah. Well, well, okay. So that, you know, kind of real world experience. That's great. There. And then if, if one of them, like one of them one time completely blew it off, uh-huh. nobody ate that night. Oh, man. Talk about peer pressure to get it right next week. Uh, Jonathan, oh, it's, your, it's your day Thursday. What's the deal? You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, this, they became self-regulating. Yes, of course. 
Of course. I think that's great. Good for her. Well, it, 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 we ate some unusual meals, but, you know, they, they were uh, nutritious. They just were a little strange. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. Well, anyway, we're talking about nutrition for kids in the summertime with uh, uh, Joni DeBrito, uh, Focus on the Family. Does the Focus on the Family website, focusonthefamily.com, get down to that basic level of uh, what do you keep, uh, feed these little buggers to keep them alive? There is some good information in the parenting site that is about you know, childhood nutrition and so forth. So yeah. you can definitely take some look at that, some uh, look at some of that information. And the other thing that can be really fun during the summer is to talk a little bit going with what you were talking about with your wife, talk with kids about, hey, we have a bunch of ingredients here. How could we make really fun snacks out of this or that? Yeah. And kids love to do that. They yeah. love to be little scientists in the kitchen and yeah. add things together and, and, uh, I have grandchildren as well, and my daughter will often uh, have my granddaughter and grandson say, um, okay, this is a snack day, and they go and they choose some ingredients from the pantry, and they have to figure out how to make something. And I'll tell you what, my little eight-year-old <laughs> granddaughter has made some really good breads and and different kinds of things, oh. and she's figured out kind of the baking and how much flour goes with how much um you know, margarine or nice. butter or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's not always baked goods. Sometimes it's a salad of let's like make a salad and what would be good to put together in a salad. So that's kind of a fun thing to do to really encourage healthy eating with the kids. Very cool. Uh, Joni DeBrito is with us. Uh, FocusOnTheFamily.com is a website. If you want to get deeper, FocusOnTheFamily.com slash parenting. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow... Can we talk about uh, you know, maybe the whole deal that we think of for summer vacation, just downtime? You know, do kids need downtime? Sure. We might be playing Where's Randy, The Long Poor, or Bible Baffle. Weekday mornings on The Word. It's Kwame and Company. Hi, my name is Rosemary. I love The Word. You are just my daily vitamin that I can't live without. I um, like that. I think we need to clarify that one. What's how so? Um, when it said the long pour, yeah. we're talking Randy's sugar into his coffee. Or, or yeah, uh, yeah, that is sugar because yeah. the, that can refer to like more alcohol in oh, a drink. No, we're <laughs> talking about. So I no. think I want yeah, to clarify. Right. We are not talking about. <laughs> we haven't talked about Randy's coffee for a while. <laughs> I used to do that a lot where I talk about how you get your coffee, right, Randy? And you take the sugar bowl and you, or the little spout on and start pouring and go up, up and, and then down, down. And then he has a count. Yeah. Well, I measure my sugar now just to make oh. sure that every cup is consistently sweet. So I've been uh, starting to drink coffee lately, Randy. I still haven't developed a taste for it. It still makes me get that un- involuntary sugar or a shake, you know, that shiver. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure on. why you're even trying. I, I figure I'm, I'm old enough now. I should try. I never developed a flavor or a taste for coffee either. That's, That's why, why I put so much cream and sugar oh, in it. Oh, yeah. So. I do put just straight cream in it. At least I think it's straight cream. It's the stuff that comes out of the spigot at, uh, at the gas station. <laughs> Who knows what's in there? Really? I was like, well, you're, boy, you're putting a lot of faith yeah. in that. All I know is it doesn't come out of a caulking gun. So okay. it should be okay. Oh, talking about games, here we go. Okay. 
Finish the Chuck Norris joke. Oh, great. Finish the Chuck Norris joke. Randy, in Pamplona, is that how you say that? Pamplona. Pamplona, Spain. The people may be running from the bulls, but the bulls are running from... Chuck Norris. Yeah. (laughs) Randy and I have a little agreement on this game. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amy, Chuck Norris can cook rice, uh, cook minute rice in... Uh, less than a minute. Oh, yes, <laughs> thirty seconds is oh, it? Okay. Yeah, but you're you you're. We'll give you that one. Okay, Randy. When Chuck Norris was born, the only person who cried was the doctor. Never slap. Chuck Norris. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm getting to. I'm beginning to catch on to your agreement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreement. Amy. Uh huh. <laughs> Superman owns a pair of. I don't even know what Chuck Norris, uh, like, what does Superman own? Uh, uh, Chuck yeah. Norris, I I have no idea. Okay, you could say Chuck Norris PJs or Chuck Norris underwear, you know, um, whatever, like oh, Superman, there's like Superman kids. underwear, but okay. this is Chuck yeah, Norris. Yeah, I wasn't going that way. I was thinking what actually Superman has, like yeah. capes oh, and, yeah. you know. No, you're, yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. Uh, Randy? <laughs> I feel like this mm-hmm. is going to be a real tough one. We live in an expanding universe. All of it is trying to get away from... Uh, Chuck Norris? Yes! Hey. It's amazing how you get all these right, Randy. Mm. Okay. Uh, one one no, more. Well, I'm going to give Amy one more and then one that may stretch Randy a bit here. <laughs> okay. Chuck Norris doesn't breathe. This is for Amy. Uh... He holds air hostage. There you go. go. Okay. And Randy, the final one here. The flu gets a... Chuck Norris. Shot. Oh. Huh. Yeah, you're right. Chuck Norris shot. Wait a minute. That was mine, Amy. Yeah, well, she's helping you out because you slowed down there. (laughs) You stopped after Chuck Norris. No, the answer isn't just Chuck Norris this time. You got to just a little bit further. Yeah. All right. We might do this again. <laughs> if Amy has anything to say about it, we probably won't. <laughs> this is the Kwame and Company podcast. Uh, do you guys know the name Jordan Carson? Nope. Uh, nope. Jordan it works with the He Gets Us campaign. Oh, you know, fabulous that, campaign. Yeah. Uh, we're, they're, they're trying to promote the biblical view of Jesus in cultural in general. Mm-hmm. And I think they're doing a good job. They have the Super Bowl ads. They've got all kinds of stuff online. You can get free T-shirts and hats and stuff online. But uh, Jordan Carson is going to tell us about the He Gets Us campaign. Perfect. 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. This is Kwame and Company. And Jordan Carson is with us, a spokesperson for He Gets Us. Jordan, thanks for joining us here. Oh, thanks so much for having me today. Well, last Super Bowl, you guys made some headlines uh, with with... He gets us commercials during the Super Bowl. Really, I would imagine your biggest audience for uh, two commercials during the Super Bowl. They're inviting viewers to discover or rediscover what Jesus is all about. But this that was just part of a, a, a long-standing, long-running project. Yeah, that's right. So uh, he gets us. We've been around for uh, nearly two years. And 
you bring up the Super Bowl, and it was just a fantastic opportunity. So millions of people are watching this game, and we had two ads in the Super Bowl um, generated about Jesus and and the message um, about He gets us. And so it was really incredible to see these uh, two different spots. One was centered around acting more childlike, not childish, but childlike. And then the other was about confrontation and how we can all just love each other, love each other and treat each other um, a little bit better. And you're, you're always tweaking your message. And I love that now, uh, as we just went by tax day, uh, the campaign was uh, Jesus befriended tax collectors. <laughs> and a great set of billboards for that as well. Yeah, you know, um, I think this is such a, a great opportunity to put that message out there that, you know, Jesus loved tax collectors. Jesus loved all people. And, you know, even though in biblical times, tax collectors were were outcasts and, and they weren't um, people that, you know, you would go and have dinner with and break bread with. That's exactly what Jesus did. And so um, it's such a, a compelling um, message and it's it's a great time for that as well. Do you think, and again, we're, we're talking to Jordan Carson of He Gets Us, do you think the average American has sort of lost track or lost sight of who Jesus really was and how Jesus interacted with people in uh, 2,000 years ago? You know, I think that's why this is such an important campaign, especially right now. I mean, you and I and the rest of the world are seeing on national news and local news and social media just these headlines as to where people are not treating each other with the utmost respect and love and that confounding love that Jesus had. And so he gets us, the movement is really to reintroduce people to Jesus of the Bible and that confounding love and forgiveness that he had for all people. Um, But it's also to call upon Christians to do self-reflection and to really see and, and think about their actions every day and question is this the type of confounding love that Jesus would want us to have for one another? Yeah, yeah that's a great point. And I think sometimes we, we immerse ourselves so much in this contentious world today and, and end up with the attitude of, well, I've got to stand up for my own rights, when Christianity has thrived in contentious periods in the past, including the first century when Jesus walked the earth and when the church was established. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is just the perfect time for for us to get the message out about Jesus and reintroduce people to the Jesus of the Bible. Um, There's so many ways that he understands what we're going through. And you'll see a lot of that messaging, not only on the website at hegetsus.com, but then if you see the ads that are running all over um, on television and you'll see the billboards that are around in some of the major metropolitan cities, the messaging really shows that Jesus understands what we're going through, whether yeah. that's um, feeling like you're an outcast or feeling a little depressed. Um, Jesus understands. And, um, you know, this is the great time to learn about Jesus and things that he went through. Well, you give Christians a great opportunity to express some of those beliefs of who Jesus is and how he can help us through uh, your ads and really through your website and your merchandise as well. Yeah. I love that you brought up the merchandise because, you know, Everyone can get involved in this campaign, whether it's reading the Bible. We have Bible apps um, 
right on our website at hegetsus.com. Or if someone just has questions, you know, what is this campaign all about? I keep seeing this. What is this really about? Um, and another way that people can get involved, and I think it's so um, refreshing, I think is the perfect word. If you go onto the website, hegetsus.com, people can get free gear. And when I say free, yes, it's free, but not really. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the cool thing is you can get shirts and you can get hats. And the only currency that someone needs to pay for these these merchandise pieces is with compassion and with kindness and with love. And so this really reminds me of, do you, do you remember when you were little and, and we've heard the saying as well, you throw the, the pebble of stone um, into the water, into the lake, and it, it skips and skips. And then you see this ripple effect. That's exactly what this campaign is doing. And that's exactly what this merchandise is doing for people. So when I say the only currency that you have to pay with is love and kindness and forgiveness, we have had nearly 20,000 people using forgiveness and forgiving someone to get their shirt and to get their merchandise. Um, almost 14,000 people have paid someone a compliment. And that's really what you're doing and people are posting this on social media and sharing their impactful stories of, you know, this is who I'm forgiving. This is why I'm forgiving them. This is the first time publicly that I've actually been able to say this. Yeah. And yeah. this is the shirt that I received for taking that step. Jordan is our guest and, and uh, she's with uh, He Gets Us. And, and Jordan, I ordered a hat from your website and was prepared to pay for it, but was delighted when I just made that promise of behavior change. And, and there we got the hat. So how can our listeners be a part of He Gets Us and, and what's the best avenue for involvement? Yeah, there's so many ways that people can get involved with He Gets Us. And the first is to just, if you see a billboard or you're seeing the advertisement, start that conversation with someone who's, you know, sitting near you. You can start the conversation with anyone like, hey, did you see that that ad? Did you see that spot about Jesus? He gets us. You know, what do you think about that? Um, I think creating that ripple of conversation is really a great place to start. But then people can go to hegetsus.com and, and there you have the merchandise that you don't need to have any currency to pay for it. You just pay out of love and kindness and forgiveness, the, the values that Jesus would want us to emulate. But then there's also a section where you can see all of our ads there and really see how they resonate and maybe speak to you personally. Um, I think we've heard that a lot of them do speak to people really personally and in really specific ways. And then um, another way that people can get involved is we've had so many people just say, you know, I'd really like to read more about the Bible. We have our Bible apps where people can click on and, and just read the Bible, which is really a, just an incredible way to, to learn more about Jesus and his teachings and his values and find out how, how you can get closer to him. Uh, Jordan Carson is, is our guest. And uh, Jordan, what's the website again for He Gets Us? It is hegetsus.com. Whether it's by intercom or rattling the wall, we'll get Amy's attention for Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. Now, since the remodeling, the walls don't rattle quite as much. We still use the intercom. Oh, if you slam the door, it still works. It's because you got all those pictures on the wall. They <laughs> right. rattle the pictures on the <laughs> yes. wall. All right, uh, we've got uh, more more tips on staying safe from scams. 
And so far, we talked about uh, the passwords, about uh, keeping your social circles circle small, doubling your efforts. That means using the two-factor identification authorization things. Um, did we? I don't think we talked about how to shop safely on the podcast. I don't think I don't so. Just, so. Yeah, just use cash. You, you cash, that'd be one way. <laughs> Barter. <laughs> Walk into the store. I I got this watch. Can I yeah. trade for that dress or the pair of shoes? I'll give you whatever's in my pocket for door number two. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Are let's you find it using deal. cash is that outdated? No, you just thought. Oh, okay, I'm just being dumb. Another right? way yeah. of. Although, know. when we were at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, those stores in the hotel there mm-hmm. would not take. None of cash them. No. or checks, only cards. Yep. Oh, mm. yeah. Okay. Interesting. So shop safely. If you are in a hotel like that <laughs> and they've got the Wi-Fi that is just for the public in a lobby there or whatever, don't use it to do your, all your banking. Your banking or online shopping. No. Or online shopping or anything mm-hmm. that involves putting your you credit card in. To, yeah. Right. Uh, instead, Use your phone's personal hotspot and either do it on your phone or do it uh, on your whatever device hooked up to that hotspot. It's safer. Better yet, use a secure internet connection like your home Wi-Fi and don't worry about your bank withdrawal until you get on that baby. Something like that. Probably good. Okay. Good, Good idea. And to confirm the level of security of reputable websites using technology that encrypt data during transmission... Look for a padlock icon and HTTPS in the front of the URL. What? (laughs) You just look for the little padlock. Just just watch for the padlock. Watch for the padlock. Mm -hmm. Okay. Same with when you check out. There's the Digicert and all that stuff. There's a padlock there, too. Oh, there is? Yeah, they use that padlock a lot for saying that they're safe. Okay. So it says use uh, sites that take secure payments like credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, or Google Pay. And when you're on an unfamiliar site, oh, here we go. Search for the security seal of approval like DigiCert, Better Business Bureau, or VeriSign. All right. You know, one thing I like about like PayPal is there was one time we bought something from a site that mm, wasn't real. Oh, yeah. They, it wasn't real. And they give you a tracking number and all this stuff, and the item never came. And oh. But that item was delivered to somebody else when you use the tracking number. It was a real tracking number. Yeah. And they said, oh, it was delivered, but it went to somebody else, and it, they had stolen the tracking number also. Oh, my goodness. So that's a huge part of the scam. So, so did you have to pay for but, it? Then? No, because I used PayPal. I disputed oh. it, said I never got it. That tracking number didn't belong to my item. My item never was even sent, and well, I got my money back. Good for you. Good so. for PayPal. Mm-hmm. You ever order something and you figure out after you get it that, yeah, it's a real item, but it's the its whole purpose in life is to look good online, not to actually, like, fit your foot if it's a shoe. Well, PK actually ordered a little, what would you call that? Like a little. I need more information. A sculpture. It was supposed Decor. to. It was supposed. Yes, it was supposed to be a little sculpture of a wave. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be like a little glass sculpture yeah. that actually was a wave. Okay. 
what came was an acrylic piece of glass with a picture of what the wave would have looked like on a sculpture of glass. I mean, it was really not even close to being what she, what it pictured in the pic. And so, yeah, she sent that back. I do like to shop where you can see something. Pick it and up hold and it, handle it, mm-hmm. set it back down. When yes. You decide not to buy it. See, and again, this is an example of where my old-fashioned ways are a very good thing. You know, I go to the store, I look at the item, and then I purchase it with cash, so I'm safe, right? And okay. then I get what I expect. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, yeah, oh, that's a thumbs up for Randy. All right, this <laughs> is Kwame Company on the word. I was just going to say, it's funny, earlier when you were talking about all those things, VPN, HTTP, you might as well have been speaking a different language, you know, because it's like, what? <laughs> it's well, yeah, it's all Greek to me. Uh, Barry Maguire coming up. We had a chance to talk to Barry Maguire at the uh, National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and that's so always fun. a fun thing. Oh. Uh, so this is a Kwame & Company podcast. 91.5 and 102.7, the word. I'm Phil. I'm Amy. And Barry McGuire is with us. And Barry, we love our yearly visits with you. What a career you've had from all your car care products, the, the, the TV shows. But now you're on fire for the Lord, and you're the most contagious witnesser I've ever seen. Well, you know, it, it's been the same for me for 50 years. Nothing really has changed. Yeah. I'm, I'm still peddling car wax. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a car show on Sunday. <laughs> so um, my life goes on as, as a car guy. It's a very important part of my life. It gives me right. it gives me substance, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 it gives me a pulpit. I you know back in 19 I've told you this story, but back in 1973, I prayed the most fervent prayer of my life in my office one day. And I said, I think God, you're taking me into full time ministry. The way I'm sharing my faith, I think you want me to do it full time and be a pastor is what I thought. And I said, but but you're almost got to speak to me in audible voice, and then I'll know. Otherwise, because I mean, the, the business—I'm the only third-generation leader of this business. We're doing at the time we're doing about maybe six, eight hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. selling body shops, yeah. and just I was just starting going into retail, and um, not 20 minutes later. A guy walked to my office by the name of Dave McNutt, and he, uh, I'd never spoken to him before. I knew he was a missionary kid, grew up in Africa. He'd spoken at our church a couple of times from the platform, but I'd never exchanged a glance with him, and now he's in my office. He said, well, I was just in the area, thought I'd stop by and see, see how you doing, just say howdy. And so I made a snap decision as a missionary kid. He wasn't into cool cars and shiny paint finishes, so I started telling him about people I've been sharing my faith with, and he says, wow, God's given you a wonderful ministry here, hadn't he? And I, I mean, after having just prayed that, I said, whoa, wait a minute now, why did you just say that? He said, well, a pastor couldn't reach all these people that you're talking to, but as a businessman, you can. It's obvious that your business is your pulpit. Yeah. Now, up to that time, I'd saw, seen them overlapping, but I had not seen them one and the same. But right. that was 1973. Yeah. I said, I said, I got to tell you, so I just prayed this prayer. And I told him how fervently I was just praying or whether I should leave or not. He said, well, that explains it. And I said, explains what? He said, I just dropped missionaries off at Orange County Airport. I was driving up Red Hill, which was the main street, closest street to my office. And God spoke to me (laughs) and said, go see Barry McGuire. And I I argued all the way here, said, I don't know what kind of business he's in. I don't know anything about him. I just know he goes to my church. I'm going to make a fool out of myself, but God would not let me go. Yeah. Well, good thing he listened. Well, yeah, yeah. and that's and that's that's a very good point yeah. because if he had not been obedient, mm-hmm. I could have been a horrible pastor, been a disaster <laughs> all my life. I'm not a pastor. I did not have that calling. 
I'm a businessman. Mm -hmm. But we're all called uh, to whatever the field we are, wherever we are. I don't right. care if it's in your house or teacher. I don't care what we are. It's, it is our pulpit. And we're surrounded by people that are lost, yeah. that, that need the good news. And if we don't tell them who to, who will? I, we overcomplicate it sometimes, don't we? I had a similar experience with a guy in a small group, and he was just talking about how he loved teaching fourth graders, but he's looking for God's calling in his life. And how did, you know, and, and he started teaching late in his career, and he just felt this was his place to be, but he was thinking of giving it up because he wanted... You're doing it every day uh, with those fourth graders, you know, and it, he just hadn't thought of it that way. Well, I, I was in a Bible study, and a guy just... Re retired from being a, a president of a huge corporation. He says, now I'm looking for God's purpose for my life. Yeah. Well, you just <laughs> left where you, you had thousands of people. <laughs> but now, <laughs> now that you're out of all the influence that you had, yeah. now, you know, and, and of course it's not about our purpose. So many people are looking for their purpose in their lives and, and the, God doesn't have a purpose for you and a purpose for you. And he he doesn't, doesn't do that. We'd be a cross purpose. There's one purpose. It's right. God's purpose. Right. Yeah. Romans 8, 28 says, when you live for my purpose to seek and save the lost, I'll make everything in your life work for good. That's the end of fear. 80% of Christians are living in fear. Why? Because there's a lot, there's a lot to be afraid of. But when you know that God is going to take care of it, he promises you, I'll make, I'll take, I'll take care of it. Yeah. I've had a lot of bad stuff happen in my life. I mean, a lot of bad stuff happen in my life. But I've seen it as good because I knew God said he'll be good. And so if he makes, if he says it's good, he'll make it into good. And he will. He always does. And your faith explodes. And when, when, when you're in that process, then it will ignite your life. And of course, I got this book out now, yeah, yeah. Ignite Your Life. It, it's just a personal testimony. First off, it's a book of scriptures. Scriptures mean everything. And what I word, my words have nothing to say. But I bring perspective to how those scriptures actually work in practical life. And and it just works out wonderfully. And it, and it does ignite your life. It's the craziest thing. So, yeah. We're talking to Barry McGuire. Uh, we should find out how people can get a hold of the book and uh, your ministry and, and learn more how they can be part of God's plan. Well, thank you for asking. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> the book Ignite Your Life is available everywhere. So you go on Amazon.com or uh, audiobooks or you know, uh, Barnes and Noble, whatever, it's all over the place. Our website uh, that is free, you can't give us money, there's no passwords, you don't sign in, you're just immediately in the ministry. It's a website for you yeah. to help you understand how easy it is, how much fun it is to share your faith. It's called IgniteAmerica.com, IgniteAmerica.com. So it's a wonderful site for that, for that purpose, yeah. Well, that's about it for today on the Kwame and Company podcast, unless you want to do more of those Chuck Norris jokes. Nope. No? Oh. I'm good for today. Oh. Uh, I think we've had enough. All right. Very good. Next week. Okay? Next week. Okay. Or we might find another kind of, maybe knock-knock jokes. It's very similar in nature. Oh, I have a really good one of those. I'll share it with you next time. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is a Kwame and Company podcast. We'll see you on Kwame and Company on the air. The morning show starting at 6 on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. 